we've been saying to you that we are doing a little short teaching right now on our Heavenly Father's desire. Uh, this is a short teaching on our Heavenly Father's desire. Otherwise, prayer is a desire. Uh, and that's what you got to understand. When you pray to, to God for something, it's always a, your desire. It's what comes out your heart. Amen? Amen? All right. So in the book of Ephesians, chapter number uh, 1, we're going to go through that, verse 15 through 23, and then we're going to give you a subject. Remember, our series is our Heavenly Father's Desire. You got that? All right. Ephesians, chapter number 1, and verse number 15. Let's read together. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the richest of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now that's our series, uh, and also we use it in verse number 18, our subject, while we're there. Let's do verse 18 again. The first line really is going to be your subject. Because last week we talked about, and the week before last, we talked about the first two things that God gave us. His desire was to give us the spirit of wisdom. We already have that in the storehouse. The key is once all this is over, do you have the spirit of wisdom? Then the second thing he told us, we asked for, that he prayed for you to have, is the revelation in the knowledge of him. My thing is, once this is over, do you have the revelation and knowledge of him? Because to get that, you need to get the tape and put it on. So you can get the word. The third thing is what I'm going to be ministering on the day, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Say that with me. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened. Now, I'm going to talk about it in a different way. I'm going to talk about it today on my tape. I'm going to say, I desire your mind be open to see his light. I'm giving you what it means in another version. I desire your mind be open to see his light. I want you to look at somebody and say, God's desire, God's desire. that our mind God. be open God. to see his light. See all right, you may be seated. That way you don't have to go to church all your life and never see nothing. Because you can't help me see nothing if you don't see nothing. All right, so that's where we're going. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for your word, for your anointing, for your Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us and help teach us. And Lord, deliver us from procrastination, thinking we know when we don't. Help us to come into the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray and all the grief that prayer said amen. 
All right, so I want to talk about today, I desire, now remember, this desire is coming from the Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father desire, number one, is your mind be open. This is part five today, that your mind be open to see his light. Now, I really believe this. I, I believe God, and I do not believe God would say that if it already had happened. Remember the Apostle Paul's prayer is after you're saved. He's not talking about, this is not talking about just getting saved. He's talking about once you get saved, then this is what needs to happen to you. That's why he went in verse 15, so wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love to all saints, he told you after I heard that you were saved. Then he had prayed for us by the Holy Spirit. We already got that in the storehouse, the that God will give you the spirit of wisdom. Uh, also, God will give you the revelation and the knowledge of him. And third, the eyes of your understanding. You know you're dealing with three words, wisdom, knowledge, and not understanding. All right, now, uh, Proverbs 4, 7. Let me put that on the screen. I want to show you what Proverbs 4, 7. Uh, you have to see the trinity of God's power. The trinity of God's power is his wisdom his knowledge, and then his understanding. So if you haven't got to understanding, then you have not gotten to what God wants you to get to. Uh, Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. The word principal means beginning, first. That's where you started off when you first got saved. God gave you wisdom. But now he gave you wisdom so you can get something. And that's the second thing, which is knowledge. But in all you're getting, get understanding. So the third principle is understanding. So we're going to talk about the day, I desire your mind. Your word mind there is your heart. I desire your mind be open to see his light. Now, we're going to show you some key words in this teaching today uh, because the number one word is enlightened. So you need to put that down, enlightened. Because you need to know why God wants your mind to be enlightened. In this ministry, this ministry is a teaching ministry. It's where you can come and be taught the word of the Lord. Come and be taught the Bible. We are not a religious ministry or tradition ministry where you can go through all of the rituals. Here, you come to get the word. Amen. Here, you come to be taught. This word enlightened means spiritual perception. So it's not enough just to hear the tape. When it's all over, do you have it? Spiritual perception. I'm going to give you probably about 20 different things in the Word of God that show people who had spiritual perception. What you do when you line yourself up against the Word of God, you have to say, do I have that? And if you don't, that's why you need to pray. That's why you need to understand that the Holy Ghost acts, prayed for you to have that. But now you got to agree with the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't keep confessing something totally negative. All right, now, spiritual perception, I'm going to give you three different words for spiritual perception. Number one is to see spiritually. So otherwise, when Paul prayed for spiritual perception for the church, is that the church will be able to see spiritually. Say it, say it out, see spiritually. Say it to see spiritually. Right, so if you can see physically, then God wants you to see spiritually. 
Now, you're not going to be able to know the word if you don't. I'm showing you why so many people can read the Bible don't know what it says. Because they cannot see spiritually. Let me, show you, let me tell you something. If you walk up here right now, and if I say to you, uh, I have a microphone in my hand, and then I have a uh, cover over the thing, and I say, okay, what do you see? I see a microphone with an with a orange head on it. You can see naturally. But if I read the word of God, then I ask you, what do you see? See, the key is, can you see when the word is written what it says? Number one, to see spiritually. Number two, to know spiritually. Not only to see spiritually, but to know spiritually. Number three, to have spiritual understanding. So that's where God want to bring you to a place where you have spiritual understanding. To have spiritual understanding, you have come to a place to become a teacher. Let me show you that in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, the apostle Paul talked to the church in chapter 5, to the Hebrews in chapter 5. Let's go back and see what it says. In verse number 12. What God want to do is bring you to a place so you can teach the word. If you, don't, if you can't teach the word, it's because you don't know the word. And when you can teach the word, you can impart. Or you can help others to get their part. Now, in Hebrew chapter number 5 and verse 12, he's talking to the, uh, to the church. And he just told them that they were dull of hearing. That's back in verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say, hard to be uttered, seeing you dull of hearing. Back up to that one verse. Verse 11, see, of whom we have many things to say. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but, we, uh, but we understand we, you have a problem. Seeing you are dull of hearing. All right. Now, in verse number 12, he said, for when the time you ought to be teachers. This is how long you've been saved. See, you're saying one thing. I've been saved 20 years. I've been saved 10 years and still don't know the word. You ought to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Otherwise, they are unskillful in the word of righteousness. See, they don't understand righteousness. See, they understand Christ, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, Christ has made unto us righteousness. See, they don't understand that this is what God put on you and made you like himself. See, they had, they had a problem with righteousness, and Paul says he's a babe. And then it says in verse 14, but strong meat... But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their sense exercised to discern good and evil. So God wants you to come to a place that you know what's right and what's wrong. Not just seeing it, but to know it and to walk in it. See, it's not, see when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, you're saying, I don't even know is that right or wrong. That's a baby. All right. See, when people have to tell you the same thing over and over and over, don't do this, don't do that, stop doing that, why don't you do that, what do you, that, 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 that. That's a baby. 
That's what a baby is. Have them grown up. So we're going to go to uh, this. We're going to show you that Paul's desire by the Holy Ghost is that your mind be open to see the light. First Corinthians chapter 2, let's go there. We want to look at verse 9 through verse 12. So if you're taking note, this ought to be your note. You must have the Holy Spirit. See, it's no way that you're going to be able to know this without the Holy Spirit. There's no way you're going to be able to know this without the Holy Spirit. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he's going to tell you this is the only way you're going to know you got to have the Holy Spirit. You can't just keep thinking you got the Holy Spirit. Somewhere down the line, you will never change until the Holy Spirit come in. It doesn't matter. You go to church all your life, pray all your life. But until the Holy Spirit comes inside and lives in your soul, you'll never change. Because he is the new creation. He, that's what he come for you to become the new creation. In 1 Corinthians, it's on the screen that one verse I gave you earlier, but of him are you in Christ who God has made on us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You have to understand that's who Christ is in your life. So you're not trying to be. That's who Christ is in your life. All right, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here it is in verse number 9, Paul is going to say something to them. He said, but as it is written, I have not seen. So you're not going by your physical eyes. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared, prepared for them that love him. But God, then he's going to tell you, but God hath, past tense, has prepared, has revealed them, said, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. So then he's going to tell you how God, how God got it to him. God revealed them to him. How did God get it to them? God revealed them to him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. So what happened if you don't have his spirit? See, if, God, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, God can't show you nothing. And that's why people keep having the word in their hand. They go through it and they just, I, I just, they just think they see it. They don't see it. If you can see like I see, you ought to be able to minister what I minister. Watch what it says. He says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. How am I able to know what God showed Paul? I got the same Holy Spirit. God showed to Paul, God showed to me. God has showed to you. But he's only going to show it to you by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Then he's going to say in verse 11, what man know the things of a man save the spirit of man? Now he's going to ask you, the only way man going to know because man has the spirit of man, the spirit of man. That's not the spirit of God. Man, a man that's not saved know what he know because he hath the spirit of man. But then he's going to tell you, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So what man know the things of, of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So otherwise, to know natural things, you have a natural spirit. But to know spiritual things, you got to have the spirit. You can't just have a natural, natural mind and know the things of the spirit. All right. But then it says in verse 12, now we have received. And that's what you have to do. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. That came through your father, your physical, natural father, the spirit of the world. Now we have received the spirit of the world. Now we have received. Somebody say Amen. 
All right, verse number 12 said, But now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. So why did God give you the Holy Spirit? That you might know. That you might know what? The thing that are freely given to us of God. Well, what things are freely given to you of God? The whole New Testament. They've been freely, freely given to us of God. How are you going to know them? That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. Which things also we speak? Talk about the new covenant. Not in the words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. He tells you how the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual thing with spiritual. Thank you very much. Comparing spiritual thing with spiritual. Then he's going to tell you in verse number 14, but the natural man. Now the man is not saved. The natural man Receive is not the things of the Spirit. The natural man cannot know the things of the Spirit. When a man's not saved, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He's trying to use a natural mind. He receives not the things of the Spirit. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned or they are spiritually understood. That's what the word spiritual discern means, to be spiritual, to, to spiritual understand. Now let's go to Paul's writing in Acts 26, and we're going to show you how it happened. Acts 26, and we're going to look at verse 9 through verse 19. From the book of Acts, we are close to A.D. 60 when Paul uh, wrote this book in, in, in his, in his ministry. Uh, how do I know that? Because when you get into the book of Romans, the book of Romans is A.D. 60. So the end of the book of Acts had to be around A.D. 60. In Acts chapter 26, this is, this is Paul entered his ministry at Rome. That's why the book of Acts came before the book of Romans. Paul started his ministry in Damascus, but he ended in Rome. So that's why the end of the book of Acts is take you into the book of Romans. So here it is in Acts chapter number 26, Paul is defending himself against King Agrippa, but when you get into chapter 28, he's going to arrive at Rome, verse 16. Acts 26, 28 and 16, Paul is going to arrive in Rome. But when he got to Rome, his ministry in Rome was going to be a prison time. So he was going to transform from jail, from prison to prison. He went to prison in Jerusalem. They would take him on and on and on into prisons where he would be writing the gospel of Christ. Now, in Acts 26, we're going to start a little early in that, verse number 9, because I want to show you what happened back in Acts 9. Remember, I'm going to show you what happened in Acts 9. I'm giving it to you in Acts chapter number uh, 26 and verse 9. Are you there? Acts 26 and verse 9. I thought... Paul says, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints, remember Jerusalem was the saints, right? And many of the saints that I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. I punished them, Paul says, Often in every synagogue, and I compelled them to blaspheme. And I, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. This is how he treated the saints. Amen. This is how he treated the saints. Thank you. And in verse number 
12. 12, whereupon as I went to Damascus. He's telling what happened in Acts chapter 9. When I went to Damascus with authority and I commanded and, and I was commissioned from the high priest or the chief priest. Admit the old king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. Now this, we got we to gotta look at this because God's going to show you a physical light. We're going to show you a spiritual light. He's going to show you a physical blindness and a spiritual blindness. And we're going to show you how God blinded him physically so he can see spiritually. Let me say it again. God blinded him physically so he can see spiritually. And most people don't understand that they're still blind spiritually and they don't, they don't know they are. See, the key is, I was in ministry probably, I'm going to say, I don't know how many years until I, my eyes were open. Oh, I thought it was open when I started ministry. But I'm already pastoring when my eyes open. Like I'm saying, a whole lot of people think they can see, but they can't. I'm talking about spiritually. That means I can open up this book. In the old covenant, I can read something to you and God will show me what it means. That's what happened when God opened your eyes. Now, in, first, in Acts 26, the Apostle Paul is reading. He's given his testimony in verse number 13. He says, midday, remember that's the hottest part of the day. I saw in the way a light from heaven. Now, this light from heaven could not be the sun. Because he's going to describe it. He said, this light from heaven, I saw this light from heaven. It was brighter than the sun. So he cannot be talking about the sun that you see every day. He said, this light was brighter, was above the brightness of the sun. Or it was brighter than the sun. And this light shining was round about me. And them was journeying with me. When we were fall, all falling to the earth. I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now what happened there? He saw Jesus. Now you must understand something. He saw Jesus. Jesus showed himself to him. Now, how do I know that? Because he, he just said that. But that's when God opened his eyes. He opened his eyes to, to spiritually perceive or to be able to see in the spirit realm, to have spiritual discernment. Now, in the book of Acts chapter 26, when he was, Paul said, we were all fallen to the earth. I heard a voice speaking to me in the Hebrew tongue. Saul, Saul, why persecuted thy me is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who are you, Lord? And he says, I'm Jesus, whom you persecuted. Otherwise, he saw Jesus. Is that right? And then verse number 16, but Jesus is going to give him a sign. Rise, stand upon your feet. I have appealed. So you see what happened? He saw Jesus. Jesus did what? Appear. 
appeal to thee for this purpose. So when God revealed himself to Paul, it was for purpose. To make you a minister. See, he couldn't be a minister if God hadn't revealed himself to him. See, it's one thing to be called into ministry. It's another thing to be given certificate of ministry. But there's other things. You got to have a certificate of ordination. There's a certificate of license. Then one day you have a pastorship. This just goes on and on as you grow. So you have to understand that. You can have a ministry, a min- you can have a uh, 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 a certificate of ministry, but on there you can't marry nobody because you're not licensed yet. And then when you get licensed, you can't pass no church yet. See, all these things has to come through ministry as you grow. So if you stay where you're at, I stay where I am. That's why Paul said, lay hands on no man suddenly unless you be partake of another man's deeds. That's why as a pastor, I must have spiritual perception. I watch you spiritually how you grow. That's my responsibility. Every chance I get, I watch you make spiritual decisions. I won't know how you're growing. In Acts chapter number 26, he has seen the Lord. Verse 15, Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you persecuted. But then he said to him, rise, stand upon your feet. This is what Ananias said to him. This is what the Lord said to him. First, I have appeared to thee for this purpose. So when God appeared to him, it was for a purpose. Here it is, to make him a minister and a witness. Both of those things which thou hast seen and of things in which I will appear to thee. So that appearance will not be a one-time appearance. Once God began to open your eyes spiritually, that open your eyes will continue until you can see like God sees. The word vision means I can see the beginning and the end. The word vision means I can see like God sees. That's what it means, vision. When God has a vision, God already knows what's going to happen before it comes to pass. Because he has a vision. God does not start a vision at the beginning. He started it at the end. Otherwise, if God started door faith, it means it already finished. He just put me here so I can walk through it. So I don't have to worry about all of these humps and bumps and stuff and how it's going to happen. I don't worry about when people come against me in all different ways. It doesn't bother me because I've already been put in here to see a finished work. My job is not to be God. If God had not finished, he would not have brought me here. See, when God brought Abraham into ministry, he told Abraham, just walk it out. That was Abraham's responsibility. God would not let Abraham see it until one of his nephews had departed from him. But he told Abraham after that, walk through the land and see the height, see the depth and the width and the length of God's land. 
because I have given it to you. Not only that, he gave him, he gave him blessings and multiplications. That's why, that's why you have to see the double blessings. He gave him blessings and multiplications. So we're going to talk about the day I desire your mind be open to see his light. Ephesians 1.18. I desire your mind be open to see his light. That's God's prayer. His desire that your mind be open to see his light. The apostle Paul could not preach what he hadn't seen. In ministry, you don't preach what you know. You preach what you see. Hold your finger right there. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. See, you got to understand something. It's one thing to be a preacher. It's another thing to be a preacher who can see. In the Old Testament, they had prophets, but they couldn't see. They were blind prophets. They were dogs that couldn't bark. So you have to understand, it's not enough to call myself Pastor Earl Crump. Can I see? Because I can't help you open your eyes if I'm blind. See, so my job is to give counsel to the body. You can't help me if you haven't got help yourself. You can't show me no more than you can see. You can't take me any further than you have gone. When God brought Moses into the wilderness, Moses was, came out of Egypt because God wanted him to take him from everything he saw for 40 years because he had another vision he wanted him to have. So when Moses went back over here, he didn't have to worry about Pharaoh and all of the stuff that he saw. He wanted him to see a wife and two sons. And after 40 years, God told him, it's okay, Let's go back to Egypt because I want to refresh your mind. You stayed there 40 years. I don't want you to see Pharaoh as king no more. I want you to see me as king. So I brought you out here because I want to give you a vision of who I am. And I want you to know that I'm greater than Pharaoh. The light, the light that I am can shine in a bush and don't burn it up. That's who God put inside of Moses. That's why you don't go back to the bush no more. Moses became the bush. Because the one that you saw is the one that entered here. So why did he want Moses to see the burning bush? Because the man who was in the bush was in Moses now. So when Moses came down, Moses' face shone. Why was he shining? Because the one that was in the bush was now in the person. So you, you still ain't getting it. That's why until God show you, he can't come in. He was not in the bush no more. Moses did not never go back to that bush no more and say, oh, wait a minute. Hey, Lord, uh, I, I'm coming up here tomorrow. No, you don't. I'm going with you. I can show it to you. 
Moses said to him, how can I tell them who sent me? He said, surely I'll be with you. But what do you think he was? He was up on Moses. Moses became the donkey that Jesus rode. Oh, you don't get it. Why do you think Jesus sent for a donkey? Because he wanted something to ride. And that's what you got to understand. All the people in the Old Testament were somebody that God can get on to show himself strong. In the new covenant, he not only got on you, he got in you. So if you ever meet him, if you ever meet him, don't go back where you met him. See, I first met him on 46 Hilldale when I first met him. I don't have to go on Hilldale to find out where he was. That's just where I met him. He came inside of me that day, and he lives in me forever. I just got to remember the day that I met the Lord. And if you haven't met him, you need to make an appointment so God can give you a divine appointment so he can set up a time for you and him to meet. And let me tell you something. If you go to the same place every day, the same place, God will know your situation. He'll know where you're at at a certain time. Now, how do I know that? Because God went where Daniel was because he knew where Daniel was going to be. Is your life is that organized? that God know where you at at all times. See, that's why God came to Adam and he asked Adam, he said, Adam, where are you? Because see, God know where Adam's supposed to be in the garden. Adam hid himself from the presence of the Lord. So you have to understand, he hid himself among the trees. If you go back and look at Saul, when God came to find Saul, he was hiding behind the stuff. But when he looked for David, he was on the job. He was right there where God saw him at, out here tending the sheep. He told his father, he said, go out there and anoint him. He's out there tending the sheep. Well, what if he wasn't what God told him he was? God knew what David was. That's how your life ought to be. God ought to know where you are. There's some places you shouldn't be, some places you shouldn't go. Hallelujah. Give, clap your hands. I believe you heard something. <laughs> Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of Jeremiah, the son of Hekiah, the priest that was in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. In the thirteenth year of the reign, he came to Jeremiah, just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the Bible said he was in the wilderness, and the word of the Lord came to him. Otherwise, God knew who he was. In verse number uh, 3, it says, It came to pass in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the, end, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah says, Before I form you, in the belly I knew you. Now this was Jesus, okay? So you know how to be hypocritical, prophetic, and all that stuff, and say, oh, that's a mean Lord, hallelujah. That was Jesus, okay? All right, Jeremiah was a type of Jesus Christ. He was telling him, Before I form you in the belly, I knew you. 
And before you came out into the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet. This was a type of shadow of Jesus Christ. John, this man, Jeremiah, was a type of shadow of Jesus Christ. He ordained him to a, as a prophet unto all the nations. Then he says, then Jeremiah said, oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. Because that's when God came into him, or unto him. But the Lord said to him, say not, say not I'm a child. For thou shalt go to all that I will send you, and whatsoever I command you, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you. Now, it's a very important reason he's saying this right here, because I'm going to show you. Once the light comes inside of you, there will be offenses. Let me say it again. Once God's light comes inside of you, there will be offenses. Your opposition will become flesh, and you know it. And not just your flesh, any flesh. So when the Bible says the flesh lusts against the spirit, you're not just talking about your flesh. It's anybody who fleshy, or who anybody who allow their flesh to rise up. Anybody who have not put their flesh under will come on, on the, after you. Opposition will come when you be saved. Now, here it is, Jeremiah. He says now in verse number Verse number seven, but the Lord said to Jeremiah, say not I am a child. Thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and, whosoever and whatsoever I command you, that shall you speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. The same thing that God said to Moses. Surely I am with you. Verse number nine. Then the Lord put forth his hand, touched his mouth, and the Lord said to him, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. That's one of the things that will happen to you when you come into a ministry gift for his pastoring. God will put his hand on your mouth. God will release his, his word into your lips. Verse number 10. Watch what he's going to say. I have this day set thee over the nation. That's when it happens. Over the kingdom to root out, to pull down, and destroy and the throw down, building the plant. And then the next verse says, more the word of the Lord came to me saying. See, every time God wanted him, the word would come to Jeremiah saying, what seest thou, Jeremiah? See, he want to know what do Jeremiah see? Because God cannot manifest in your life what you haven't seen yet. See, when you come down for healing, you got to understand, you got to see yourself healed too. Can you see yourself here? Can you see yourself delivered? What seest thou, Jeremiah? Jeremiah said to him, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then God said to Jeremiah, thou hast well seen. For I would hasten my word to perform it. I'm not going to hasten my word to perform something you haven't seen. People want God to do something, but they don't want to see it. No, when you see it, God can do it. God not, left not himself without a witness. So you need to understand something. That's how you come into agreement with God. When you prayed about something, you have to see it's done. See, I'm a man, I'm a man, I believe, of great faith. I don't, do, I don't share everything I do when it comes down to when I believe it's too big for people. There are some things that can come that, you, that some people can't believe. 
And there are some things in your life would never happen until you believe it. See, we want, we want God to do it and then we believe. No, 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 no. You got to believe first. And it's not like you haven't seen it. You got to let God show it to you that it's done. See, that's why I never worry about this ministry over here. I get to a place sometime, I get complacent, and the Spirit of the Lord reminds me that this is not an Earl Crump thing, this is a God thing. You don't have to worry about this. God got this. He reminds me of that. I thank God for that. Because as a pastor, you begin to see things and you don't know how to go to work. And then God began to show you that if this is, I'm doing this. Don't worry, about it, I got this. And a lot of times God will work. We'll wait till the last week, last month, last day. You know what I mean? Do you sitting up half of the night and God tells you, just go and go to bed. I got this. Look at somebody said, go to bed. God got this. See, there's something you got to know in your life that God is over that. That's what helped me to pastor. It helped me to pastor. See, I, when God, is something when God tells me to do, and I don't do anything in this ministry, I try not to. God knows. When I do something in this ministry, I'm doing it because God says so. I do not make decisions based on what nobody else said, what nobody else thinks. If you want to do something, I had a brother tell me the other day, hey, Pastor, I'm next. I said, well, you about to pray. Because God don't say unto me, that can't happen. You got to understand in the ministry, I guess, I guess I have to hear from God before I move. And if I don't, if I move without hearing from God, it can be destructive. And I go back to God and God going to say, I did not tell you to do that. You are in a church and I am not the head of the church. I get my assignments from the head of the church. And I do not move until the head of the church says something. So when you want me to do something, you're about to pray. Because I'm going to make you mad every day because I'm not going to do what you want me to do. But when the Lord speaks, I'm going to move. Somebody say amen. See, that's what, that's what happened with Sarah. That's what happened with Sarah and Abraham. That's the whole story. Abraham kept, kept talking and Sarah kept talking and Sarah kept telling you, this woman that you got over here, and Abraham said, I ain't putting that woman out. That's my wife now. You gave me that woman. And she was. So Sarah said, I'll tell you what I do. I'm going to go at this thing another way. Sarah went to God. And Sarah would call on the Lord. And that night, while Abraham was laying there comfortable sleeping, God said, hey, hey, get up here. What do what, what you want, Lord? Take that woman. Put her out, give her a bag of groceries, give her a supply for a few days, put her out. I, she go? I don't care where she's going, she got to get out of here. When Sarah got up the next morning, she went in there, I guarantee you, she went in there to see Abraham and said, where's that woman? I guarantee Abraham said, well, she left last night. Sarah knew that God had heard her prayer. I'm telling you right now, if you learn God, how God operates, you'll stop beating your head against stuff. You got to go to God in prayer. When you go to God in prayer, go to bed and watch God work things out for you. But you got to have a spirit. 
got to understand something. You got to spare you his son, you his daughter. All right, so let's, let's get out of there. That's Jeremiah. I'm way over there in Jeremiah. I can't bother y'all with that Jeremiah stuff. All right, now, in Acts 26, let's go back. In Acts chapter number 26, I got to finish this. Uh, We're going to go down to verse 12, right? All right. He heard a voice, saw, saw. Well, we way down there. Verse number 16. In 16, Paul, rise, stand up on your feet, Paul. I have appealed to thee for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of those things which thou hast seen. Remember, he had seen, and those things in which I will appear to thee. Otherwise, I got some more stuff I'm going to show you. Then he said, I'm delivering you from the people, from the Gentiles, on the whom now I send thee. Then here's Paul's responsibility. This is his message. This is what his ministry is supposed to accomplish. Number one, to open their eyes. That's number one. Now, what did God do with Paul first? He opened Paul's eyes first. See, when people are blind, they make dumb decisions. And they'll keep making them over and over and over because they can't see. Now, for they concern, that's right. But they're only coming out of their own heart. And I'm going to show you, it's nothing in the heart at that time but blindness. Destruction and death and all that stuff is in the heart. You've got to have a new heart. And that's what happens. You get born of the Spirit, God gives you a new heart. Heart you can see, give you a new mind. See, if you're not saved, you can't think God's thoughts. You have nowhere to put them. When you get saved, God puts your, put his thoughts in your mind. So when you're not saved, God gave you a, a, a godly thought. It goes right on out. The devil steals it. You have nowhere to put it. That's why so many people, I recognized this when I was, when I was uh, uh, smoking marijuana. I was smoking marijuana in the three years, and that was up to 1980. 1980 when, I, when God called me to ministry. So like 77, 78, 79, them years, I'm calling myself. I said, oh, man, I'm getting that word. I learned that. I'm in that Bible all day long. But see, I was smoking marijuana. I got up the next morning. I didn't remember nothing. I said all day long. Oh, I thought I had the word. I'm, I'm talking the word. I can quote scriptures. I got up the next morning. <laughs> Where was that at? It was gone. Enemy got it. So that's when I said to the Lord, I don't ever want to be that way. I got to, I'm not going to spend my whole life in the Word and can't remember nothing. See, that's when, Paul, that's when Jesus taught Matthew 13 and Mark 4 and Luke 8 that the enemy would come immediately and take the Word out your heart. And people understand, you can't keep living a worldly life and get the Word and think you're going to keep it. You're not going to keep it. And so when you look for that word and try to quote that word, now, now what that word says, what that, uh, 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 yeah, I know, uh, 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 they're in there. Been there and done that. Acts chapter number 26. Open their eyes, Paul. Turn them from darkness to, to light. Turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of darkness unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith is in Christ. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Let's go now to uh, uh, Acts chapter number, I just did Acts 26, uh, verse number 18, my key verse. That goes with Acts chapter 9. I'm not going to go back there right now. Let's go to Galatia 1, 11 through 16. Galatia 1. I'm going to show you in Galatia 1, 
God revealed his son in Paul. Two things are going to happen here. Galatia chapter 1, Galatia chapter 1, verse 11 through 16. You're going to write two things down. See, when I, when I, how do I know a pastor? How do I know when somebody have a pastoral anointing? God will not only reveal himself to them, but God will reveal himself, himself in them. You're going to see this in Paul's life, in Paul's ministry. Galatia chapter number 2. Galatia chapter number 2. I'm sorry, Galatia 1.11, forgive me. Watch what Paul said. I certify, I certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. See, his whole thing was trying to get them to understand how he got his message. And he was trying to find out what school he went to, you know, what college he went to. They checking all of that. Paul said, I, I, I didn't get nothing from that. See, they, they, they would ask, probably wouldn't ask Gamal. Gamal said, he wasn't over here with us. Peter said, no, he wasn't with us. So now they want to know. He said, look, I certify your brother that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. Or not man wisdom. I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it. So you got to understand, he, he telling you how he received it and how he was taught it. That's why you got to understand every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above from the Father of lights. You got to understand, God reveals his word to you by his Holy Spirit. If you don't spend time with God, you'll never know that. God can only reveal to you based on how much time you spend with him. So you know, he's not one of them quick in and out. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, see? but by revelation of Jesus Christ. So he's telling you this is how I got it. I got it because God's Holy Spirit revealed it to me. Now you got to understand something. I'm teaching you on, I desire your mind be open to see his light. I'm talking about enlightened. I'm talking about spiritual perception. Spiritual perception is three words, to see spiritually, to know spiritually, and to have understand, to have spiritual understanding. Being taught by the Holy Spirit. That's how you have to be. To get in this word to understand it, you're going to have to need the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost don't teach you, you can't get this. But don't give up. Keep sitting in the door of faith. You'll get it. Because I'm going to teach you. Listen, let me tell you something. I taught the book of Ephesians. I go in the storehouse and look all of those CDs that I'm allow, allowing you to have now, six tape city, $10. See, I can tell when people don't want the word. $10 for six CDs in the case. I'm sorry, cassettes. I taught this in 2008. And I know a lot of you didn't get it because I taught it in Bible class. <laughs> let, me, let me go on here, brother. Let me go on, brother. All right, now. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 through 16. I don't know what my uh, poor, poor pit mic doing on, but. All right, Galatians chapter 1. 
and verse 13, for you have heard of my conversation time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. See, he was still in religion. See, people, you will never get the revelation of Jesus Christ if you remain in religion. Religion is an opposition of the gospel of Christ. You can't have both. If we had a state in religion, this ministry, we'll never have the gospel of Christ. See, that's what people do. They want to take communion and look sanctimoniously on Sunday morning and saying, mm. see, they want to go through all that and they still want to have the revelation. No, you're not going to have religion. Oh, that's religion. Looking sanctimoniously. Ain't number of religions, and it stinks in the presence of God because it's man's effort to please God. You're trying to please God by works, by what you're doing. Baptism, you're trying to please God by what you're doing because I was water baptized, I'm saved. So what about the cross? Because I was water baptized, I was saved. Somebody say Amen. I said, because I was water baptized, I was saved. You're not saved because you're water baptized. Somebody say amen. Say so you're not saved because you're water baptized. See, people think I've been water baptized. You ask most people, you ask most people, how would they say, and the first thing they say, I was baptized. You watch most obituaries baptized at an early age. And... <laughs> I was baptized in Mississippi River. Wasn't saved. Because baptism in water couldn't save you. But that's what people think. They got it so built up like it's a monument. But they have rejected the cross. Rejected the cross. Same thing God sent, came here down the cross to save them. Cross on top of the church. Cross around their neck. Weigh them all down. And they preaching water baptism. Something wrong with that picture, isn't it? All right, let's move on. So here, here Paul says in Galatia, in verse number 15, he says, I profit in verse 14 in the Jews' religion, above many my equal, my nation, more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my father. That's where I was. He said, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, Call me by his grace. Why did he call Paul by his grace? To reveal his son in me. Now, I just gave you the first one. I told you in verse 12, go back to verse 12. I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he revealed his son to him. So when you study Acts chapter number 9, you got two revelations there. He revealed himself to him. Here in Galatians chapter 1 verse 16, he revealed his son in me. That I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. All right, now let's go to Psalm 1828. Now, what I, what I mean by that, Paul, the God that I saw on the Damascus road, is I don't have to go back to the Damascus road to see him again. You understand? That's where I met him. See, if I met him on the road to Damascus, when I want to see him again, I don't go on the road to Damascus. 
that same one I saw on the road to Damascus came in here. And he was brighter than the noonday sun. I'm not going back on the road to Damascus. You're not going to ever see that again. You're never going to see him back on the road to Damascus. Let me go out here and see where he was. I saw him right over there. No, the same God that, that was revealed to you is now supposed to be in you. Get a lot of big hand for that. That's, you got to know where he is. Moses can't go back to the bush no more and says, oh, I better pull my shoes off. No, you, you saw that story happen no more. So when Moses went to Egypt, he couldn't leave Egypt, go all the way back over there where he was and said, let me go over here and talk to God. At the, no, God right there with him. Every day, God said, okay, go home. Get yourself a good hot shower there. Tomorrow, he's going to shoot it at you go. He'll go back home. See, God was with him every day. Surely I'll be with you. Somebody find that for me. I'm going to show it to the class before I leave today. All right, and let's go to Psalms 1828. Man, this clock. Psalm 1828. Quite sure you know what a book of Psalms, chapter 18, in the middle of your book, pretty much, in the Old Testament, 1828. Now, we know all this was prophetic about Christ himself, but let's show you he's going to demonstrate him receiving the Spirit. Psalm 18 and verse 28. Are you there? Here he said, he said, Thou will light my candle. Now, some places say candlestick, but we're going to use the word candle. Thou will light my candle. Now, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Why is he lighting your candle? He's lighting your candle so he can enlighten your darkness. Why does God have to give you Christ? Christ is God's light. But where do God put his light? In your candle. What is your candle? The word going to tell you. He's going to enlighten your darkness. Let's go show you that. In, in uh, Proverbs 20 and 27. Proverbs 20 and 27. So when you get saved, what does it mean? That's why I hear people say, y'all, I get baptized in water in Jesus' name, and then what? So when you got saved, God is light. God moved in the house. He came in to enlighten your darkness. Otherwise, your soul will not be in darkness anymore. When man is not saved, there's no light in him. So the devil can come in and out as he please. Because the devil dwells in darkness. He can come in and out that house when he get ready because there's no light. So when a man gets saved, moves in the house, now the house is full of light. And now the devil can't come in the house. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 18 says he would not come to the light lest his deed would be reproved. So you got to understand something. The devil can't just walk up in your house. This is what delivered me from evil spirits. God showed me they was trying to torment me because of the gospel of Christ. And God showed me, he said, son, they cannot come up in this house why they can't come up in this house? Because Christ is the light that lives in this house. 
But if you don't have Christ in you, the devil can come in and out your house when he get ready. Because there's nothing but darkness. Are you listening to me? All right. Now, in, in Psalms 18, verse 28, Thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Now, let's go to Proverbs 20, 27 on the screen. The spirit of man, that word, Old Testament says spirit, but it's really talking about your soul. The soul of man is the candle of the Lord. What is your soul? The candle of the Lord. What do God want to do with your soul? He won't enlighten your doctrine. You think he's going to do it with water baptism? See, if you just think you know that's wrong, how am I going to baptize you in water and lighten your candle? See, people have been lied to so long until they don't even want to believe the truth because they don't want to believe that person was wrong. Well, I'm not going to hell for nobody. If you were wrong, you were wrong. Amen. If you told me something with a lie, then you need to get with God on that because I have dropped that lie and I love you, but I'm not holding on that lie you gave me. Because you can't baptize me in water and give light to my soul. It's not going to happen. If you don't get them up, you're going to drown them. Proverbs 20, 27, one more time. The spirit of man, talking about the soul of man, is the candle of the Lord. What did God put your soul the light in there for. He put it in there so he can search, so God can search all the inward parts of the belly. What did God put that in your heart for? Why did he put the light in the house? So he can search all the inward parts of the belly. It's just like God is in the house. He has already lighted your candle. He sees everything in the house. God looks not on the outward part. God looks at the heart because he's in the house he has the light shining in your heart so he know every thought you got because they come in the heart he know what you believe he know how you be he knows everything about you because he is the light that shines in your house so you can sit here and talk about oh, I, I believe that God said you're lying I see doubt and unbelief over there in the corner see everything in your house God sees it he sees it through the soul. Somebody say amen. Let me show you, let me show you another. It's going to get better than that. Go to prop. I gave you a proverb, didn't I? Let's go to, that's the same thing as 1 Corinthians 2, 11. Uh, we'll do that one too. 1 Corinthians 2, 11, and then I'll do one more, and that's Psalm 119, 130. 1 Corinthians 2, 11. We've done that, but I won't do it again. Now, we, after that, we're going to go to Psalm 119, 130. So you have to understand something. God save you means he lights your candle. Once he lights your candle, now he lives in your soul. He lives in your soul because that's how he's able to know what's going on in the house. <laughs> when the Bible says he, God sees all, knows all that, because he... He is the light that lives in your house. And without him, you're in darkness. And your house not heals if he's not in the house. That's why I'm going to show you the next, when I show you, don't miss the next one because I'm just getting into this thing. All right, let's, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 
I don't know where you are now. I see 616 up there, whatever that is. Huh? Oh, yeah, oh, you, you found the verse? Okay, uh, I don't see the Exodus. That's why I mentioned Exodus chapter 6 and verse 16. When you mark this in your Bible, when God, when God sent Moses into Egypt, this is what God said to Moses. And the Lord said to him, surely I'll be with you. Can you see it not in the bush? Just want you to hear one thing. I said he wasn't left in the bush. So when Moses went to Egypt, God went with him. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. We go to that next. And the Lord said to Moses, Surely I'll be with you. And thou shalt smite the Midianites at one man. That was not Moses. That was Gideon. I thought one of y'all going to shout it out, but it's okay. Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. Let's put that. Here's Moses. Moses, got, Moses, I told Moses to go to Egypt. He said, well, Go back up to verse number 10. Just going to show you that. In verse number 10, watch this. He says, because he's wondering, they're not going to believe me. Verse 10 says, come now therefore, Moses, and I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Well, God's in the bush. Verse number 11, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Just said, wait, hold, wait, wait, chill out. Certainly, you're not going by yourself. Come on now, can't you see this? Oh, come on, don't you see this? My job is to have you to see, can't you see this? He was not left in the bush. You don't leave God at home, you go to church. And you don't leave God in church when you go home. And God says, certainly. I will be with you. He wasn't left in the bush. See, some of y'all act like y'all already got this. And soon a situation comes up, you're the first one screaming and hollering. If you knew the Lord with you, then why are you screaming and hollering? I'm trying to get you to see something. Great is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he said to Moses, surely I'll be with you. And this shall be a token to you. When I've sent you, when you have brought forth the children of Israel out of Egypt, you're going to worship me right here at this mountain. You're going to serve God up on this mountain. Listen, next verse. Next verse. You're going to serve God. Bring them right back here. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to stay over here and let you go over there. Somebody say amen. Okay, I got to move on if you can't find it. Uh, let me give you this one verse. Psalm 119, 130. Moses said to, to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, and they say to me, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they said to me, Well, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said, This is what you tell them. I am that I am. No walls. I am that I am. Say to the children of Israel, I am. I am mean them ever present. I am that I am. Amen. Now, now let's go to one thing. That's Psalms, Psalms one nineteen one thirty. We done for we done for this class. Hope you enjoyed the word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm excited about this word, brother. See, but I don't want you to just talk this stuff. Just hey, praise God. And as soon as the situation come up, there ain't nobody. Who is that on that cone over there? <laughs> Shut up. Because you had a chance to get the word. 
Opposition going to come. Soon the light come inside of you. Opposition going to come. Not the flesh of just you, the flesh of other people. Anybody who allowed a spirit of flesh to operate against them will come against you. But the key is, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to take it? Are you going to say, listen, let me tell you something. The God in whom I am and whom I serve is bigger than the situation. It's bigger than the people who are trying to come against me. As a matter of fact, why, why all of a sudden you coming against me? You have to know that God has something for me. Why would you come against me? As a matter of fact, before, before all this was promised me, there wasn't nobody coming against me. But as soon as somebody said there was a promotion in my path, there's an increase in my path. Soon as this began to happen, here come the enemy. Here come the enemy. You're going to have to do like I told you last week in Ephesians 6 and 10 when you have done all to stand, you're going to have to stand therefore having your lawn girded about with truth. you got to put on the whole arm of God. You can't play with this thing. And you're going to have to walk around telling people great is he that's in me than he that's in the world. you got to know he's not in the bush. He's not in the clouds over Damascus. He's right here. You're not going to church. Come on, get on your feet. I'm going to stop right there. You're not going to church by yourself. You didn't leave home and come to church by yourself. Surely the Lord is with you. Come on, look at somebody and say, surely, surely. the Lord is with you. Lord is with you. Be, tell them, say, look, don't be discouraged. Don't be, discouraged. Don't be, dismayed. Don't be dismayed. The same God, the same God. That, was that was with you yesterday is with you today. Going to be with you forever. When you lay down at night, he's still with you. When you get up in the morning and go to your job, he's going to be right there with you. Everywhere you go, the Lord is right there. Come on, clap your hands. Tell the Lord thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.